0: All episodes of It's Great Business reflect the views and opinions of Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group and its guests, and do not reflect the official policy or guidance of employers or government entities.
1: You're listening to It's Great Business, sponsored by Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, where great business equals great people.
2: Hi, this is Janice Berg Levy, and welcome back to the second part of our discussion with the Band of Sisters. So let's get into it. So we talked a little bit about the format of the book, just getting back to that. But you talk about something around micro moments, and I really think this is important. And I love some of the examples. So I could just probably list them now because I've I've read the book and. Love it, but tell me about some of your favorite, uh, a favorite micro moment. So I don't know who wants to start. Angelique, you want to start? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll start, and I, I can set it up this way because the title of the book is one of the moments. It's actually one of the the chapters in the book, and there's 31 different chapters, and every chapter is another little moment uh, that Katie described earlier as this little brick that happens <laughs> in your life. And so um, one of the things we were setting out to do is making these little moments easy to recognize, and then easy to talk about. And so the title of the book, You Should Smile More, was actually something that was said to Katie. uh, And I'll let her tell that story. Um, But, uh, you know, and then we all have our own experiences that Katie, do you want to tell that story?
3: Yeah, I was, um, I was told that during a review, when I was um, at a new company. And, um, you know, I think the intent was, Hey, you're new, you're at a senior level and um, there people don't know you. And I, like, I don't, it did not come from a place of bad intent. Um, but it's, it was just, I mean, it struck me enough that I'm still talking about it this many years later and that it made it into a chapter and then onto the cover of the book. And it's just something it's, it's so interesting as a, as a story in a moment because there so many women have had this said to them or the opposite, which is you should smile less so that you're taken more seriously. So it just, it just defines this moment. And then what really defines it is that so many men don't get it. And we've had, we've had men say, oh, right, that's good advice. And it, but for women, it's an instant get, and it just shows that these are things that are hot buttons that women endure every day. And for men, they're just unaware of it. So if we can bridge that by showing that this is an issue and let everybody understand how to handle it. Then maybe we can start eliminating them. But the, the, the title is the, is just a perfect, um, proof point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll throw
0: throw another one out there. Um, uh, This chapter I love is called Great Idea, Greg. Um, And this is, uh, you can probably imagine, like when you're in a meeting and you put an idea out there and uh, no one responds and then the meeting moves on. And then 10 minutes later, somebody repeats your idea and uh, let's call him Greg. And suddenly it's the greatest idea. Um, And the thing that I remember being really... uh, 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 taking note of is the research on this, which is, I mean, you could imagine you would feel annoyed if this happens to you, but the research actually says it's one of the top reasons why women check out, why they disengage, because they feel like their ideas are not heard and valued. So like, this is something that we should be paying a lot of attention to. And whether you're the leader in the room or just a witness in the room, if you can be the one that's noticing if someone's idea is properly credited, like you're an inclusive leader. And everyone should aspire to that.
2: I I do love that. And when I I was going through the book, I love that point. And what I really liked and I emphasized is that I used to think it was on me to somehow figure out how to be heard. And Mm -hmm. I would read all these books, you know, I don't know, Dress for Success. There were a million of them, right? You know, like be the first one to say something in a meeting, because if you don't, then you won't get an opportunity, all this crazy stuff. And uh, or I'd say which I thought of that, you know. But I love the idea of as a leader being um, more aware of what's going on in that room and making sure that you are including everyone and calling on them, perhaps.
0: That right, I, and I noticing I, I love who's not that. speaking. Yeah, fabulous. See
1: any any thoughts on this one? Well, I, I was going to give an example of one of my favorite chapters. It's called Who's Yeah. You... Who's the new girl? And this is all kind of around gender language, and and the girl, the word girl in particular is a hot button, as my fellow sisters know, um, for me. And I think you, you hear it all the time. People say, "Have you met the new girl in accounting?" Or we just hired a new girl out of Harvard. And it's it's, it's like, it's you can think like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But words matter. They set a tone. If, if male colleagues think of their female colleagues as girls, they're probably not going to consider them on the slate for the next, you know, C-suite position. Um, you know, how a lot of times how I would address it if someone's you know they would they'd be like have you did you meet the new girl you know county i would be like say it if it was you know a man and then they try to say have you met the new boy in accounting it usually and you know they, they can't even get through the sentence they start laughing because it's ridiculous no one talks like that um and there's a lot of gender language a lot of the male language is more positive man power man up you know gentleman's agreement ballsy Uh, The female uh, language is more like, you know, throw like a girl, Debbie Downer, diva, you know, so it's, it's more, you know, slightly more negative. So anyways, that language definitely plays, plays a role and sets a tone. And so it's, it's, I think something we should be very mindful of.
2: I agree. And I will tell you, this is interesting, not just in corporate America. So I did share this with people who are not in corporate who are in women, who are in other types of businesses. Mm -hmm. Okay. In their, you know, in, in healthcare, in all kinds you name it. Okay. Professional uh, services type businesses. And every single one of them smiled and said, Oh my gosh, I have all these degrees, but because I'm a hairdresser, I'm the girl, Mm -hmm. right? Not a woman. And I, I think that's really, really important. And so people get the book. What do you hope that they they take away? What happens um, in terms of
1: after they read the book? I, I'll, I'll start. I, I guess we're really hoping that this the, 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 these micro moments have been happening for so long because generally women don't bring them up because they think that they'd be small and petty and they don't want to stop, you know, like, oh, is it really that big a deal that you're asked to take the notes or that you're taking the cellophane off the bagels or they call you a girl or, you know, on and on and on. And because of the fact that this, they just continue and then and people, you know, they, they just, they continue. So what we want to do is say that these are a big deal because they they define culture if they happen over and over again. And that by putting language around them, we can make, make it such as a quick you know, way to communicate it. Right now, we'll even among our, amongst ourselves say, oh, did you just a great idea, Greg me, or whatever. And it's just, you're easy to kind of handle to do it. And then I think that by, people talking about it, then people, you know, will stop doing these micro moments. And we've had a lot of experience in talking to uh, the, you know, the men in our life as well, because we've done interviews as well. I've done a lot of presentations and that a lot of times, like when these guys hear stuff, some of these things, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to use the word girl again, or I didn't know that was a thing, or I'm now more sensitized. I'm going to go into a, a business meeting and count the room and be like, wow, there's only one person of color. How might that feel? Or, you know, or, you know, try to, you know, be more empathetic or, Again, think of who's over talking who. So I should make sure. Hey, wait, that was Katie's idea. I mean, there's some of these solutions for these things are so easy to do, and these are micro moments and micro actions can solve them. And some cases you can you could make six changes in your meeting this afternoon in your afternoon meetings that would make a difference on how to reframe things or think about different things differently. And so we want you know everyone to be everyone's on a learning journey, and a lot of these things will be more obvious to, to to men. And the men we talk to totally want to be allies. They totally want to do the right thing. In some cases, they don't realize that they're that th- these things are slight. So I think it's putting shining a light on all of that That's great. That's a great takeaway. Anybody else? Have another one?
0: I have a quick story, um uh, proof of concept because I think it's it's just fun to see how how easy the impact can be. I was uh, talking to a male friend of mine who is the CEO of an ad agency, and we were talking about the book. and, it must've stuck with him, this uh, uh, chapter that we have called Susan, will you take the notes? Which is about office housework. And he said he went the next day uh, in uh, to his office and he had a meeting with his two most senior leaders. One is a woman, one is a man, and they start the meeting and the woman just automatically starts project managing the meeting, taking the notes. And he didn't ask her to, but she, she starts doing it. And he stopped her and he said, you know, we shouldn't assume that Susan is always taking the notes. Let's have Joe take the notes. And he told me that she texted him afterwards and said, you've always been an amazing leader. I love working for you, but I can't tell you how valued I felt when you said that in the room. And it, re- it just like brought tears to my eyes. So I was like, wow, like just like he, w- he was so pleased with the impact that he had on this person, you know, and it's so easy to do. Well, I'll tell you my takeaway
2: is that just like um, when I was, I was in corporate, when Lean In came out, and it was a mandatory read across the leadership team. Mm. And we actually ended up having Lean In Circles. It was a big deal for many of the diversity programs. I would love to see the book become that. That would be phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. That so would that be would phenomenal. be my takeaway for this, <laughs> for this podcast. Um, that is my recommendation to anybody listening that once you read it, it should be something that is read as a group. And just as we're talking about it, I think that it, it it's just going to help uh, hopefully make things better in any workplace. So now we talk a little bit about, again, part of the helping part of it. And I talked about the whole circle idea, but How can professional women help each other? Are there any organizations that they should consider? What if they don't have their own band of sisters? Maybe they, over the years, haven't collected or or had those relationships. Where do they get started?
0: Well, I'll say one of the things that we've definitely um, been happy to notice as we've been promoting our book is there are a lot of great organizations out there for women and at every level. So, um, you know, one example is a, a group called Equipped Women that's really designed to help young women, in, you know, early in their journey and all the way up to some of the sort of C-suite kinds of groups like Extraordinary Women on Boards. And we have the same conversation with both ends of the spectrum. And, and the, the whole range of women is saying, boy, this is, this is really helpful. And, you know, we're so glad that you're doing this. And, uh, you know,
3: I'm going to throw in a, um, a piece of advice also to bring in your male allies. And I think, you know, my, my male work friends were some of the best assets that I had through my career because they can sometimes, and we've heard, we've actually heard some really interesting stories about how, how, a you know, a a, a peer, a friend, a boss can be somebody who, who knocks some of the stuff out of the way for people. So by also making sure that you're, it's not just women that are your support network, but that the men in your organization are and make them aware of these things. And then they can be, in, if they're in a meeting that you're not in or they're part of something that you're not, they can help knock down these barriers. That's great. That's great. See,
1: any suggestions? Um, I think that they, the, the whole idea of just build your, I do think you build your own, your band. I think you're never too young to start thinking about that. I mean, you know, be, be there when people reach other, Uh, women reach out to you or men reach out to you you know be a good you you know call back be responsive do whatever it's just going to pay dividends good karma and just you're you know you'll you'll eventually end up with your own band so I'd I'd say that you're never too early to start thinking about that
2: yeah and, and for our listeners who've been with us now for just about two years know that there's no shortage of contacts of people that you can reach out to so when you say where do you get going on networking Every single um, guest that we've had on this program has basically said, you can contact us. So I'll just put that that one out there as well. So tell me one or two things that you guys have learned about business success, great people, kind of a key takeaway. We love to do this. So I'm going to do a really fast one around. So Angelique, you want to start?
0: Well, I'll say one thing that I learned more clearly in hindsight, which I which I knew sooner, was don't just get mentors, get sponsors, we have a whole chapter about it, but the focus on sponsorship and also allies. Um, And looking at your cross-functional partners for for me at Pepsi, it was often the men in finance or in supply chain or in operations that made fantastic allies and sponsors. Great. Katie? You know, I love the idea of the coaching tree. And this was
3: something that was really um, brought home to me when I worked for someone who kept a list. He, there was the one guy who kept a list of the people he was gonna call. This is a guy who literally kept a list of people who had worked for him that had gone on to be CEO. And it was, it was something he was very proud of. He kept track, he kept in touch with those people and talk about a great recruiting tool, right? You wanna go work for somebody who does that. And so being, not only being conscious of it, but um, I think promoting that idea is, is something that's really powerful and, 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 you know, something that you might know about,
1: but for me, it's much more front and center now. Great. For me, I guess I would say, don't assume that good work will speak for itself. I think a lot of women put their head down and just think what, in the educational setting, it certainly worked out that way. And here, I think that in the workforce, it's, it doesn't. So just don't, don't, don't assume it will. You got to figure out how to showcase your work or get in front of the right people and don't just put your head down and. That'd be my advice. Agree. I I'll, I'll agree with everything you guys are saying. I mean, so is there
2: anything, this is always the one that I have to ask, is there anything that you, each of you would have done differently um, now that you look back? And I think Katie, you talked about, you know, just sort of you're in it, right? You're kind of, there's no master plan. You just kind of step by step and see, I think you said a bit of that, but is there anything you would have done differently?
1: So, I'll, I'll just I mean, I kind of mentioned before, I think I I, I wouldn't have worked so hard I think I would have worked hard, but not at the expense. I think it hurt my personal life at times and, and my vacations. And I think I could have, I, I, I could have worked 20% uh you know, flacked out by 20% and still done amazing. Yeah. I mean,
3: mine is kind of a it's a bit of a tactical regret. I always in my head wanted in theory to go work internationally. And it it takes a lot to go do that. And I just didn't push myself or the organization
0: enough in retrospect, I think, to make that happen. I think for me, it's something I wish I had done a lot sooner which is uh, leverage my my senior friends. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I loved working with C. I loved working with Katie. I loved working with the other sisters but they were, you know, people that I admired And didn't really reach out to until I was pretty far in my career journey. And I thought, gee, whose opinion would I like to get on what I'm doing now? And I was like, these are the women that I wish I had stayed closer to. And so I'm so thankful that we're all reconnected, but I wish I had done that a lot sooner.
2: There you go. So that's a, these are great tips, guys, you know, in terms of just thinking through where you are, wherever you are in this journey, think about these tips. So we're gonna switch really, really fast in a lightning round, and we'll start with C, person that you admire the most and why.
1: So I, I'll, I mean, I, if, this is maybe not in my entire life, but right now, um, it's, I, I, in current day, I'd say Nancy Pelosi. And for, obviously, I think she's just been a, a, a just a, a champion in the house and just has, you know, just her record and what she's pushed through and just uh, to think that she's done great things and a great role model for women
2: agree yeah
1: yeah anybody else have a
2: have one person
0: i I'm gonna hold up masa Amini the Iranian woman who started this wave of protests I think it's so uh such a remarkable um inspiration and as a half Iranian person i I great get a great inspiration from uh the movement that was started there Katie have anybody that you
3: yeah so i mean i'm i'm i completely agree with um see and angelique on theirs i'll go in a slightly different direction and a, a a woman that i very much admire because she's just so top of her game is and i just and i just love her work is julia louis dreyfus i mean when you've seen how successful she's been in so many different ways and then you listen to her and you see her using her voice for um positive change in action she's just somebody where she'd be on my list of somebody I want to have dinner with interesting okay all right we're going to do favorite book okay but
2: but we know yours is the favorite so in addition <laughs> <laughs> any other book cuz actually our listeners love hearing book recommendations believe it or not we've done a list of favorite books where i've gotten feedback from lots of people who've said wow it opened my eyes to some books i didn't know that were out there so also no particular to see yeah
1: yeah mine's a prisoners of geography it's like it's the 10 maps that describe the world and how it just gives you this great perspective so i'm on a whole geography kick and this one it's outstanding
3: So I am, I loved All the Light You Cannot See by Anthony Doerr, and he just wrote Cloud Cuckoo Land. I don't know, it came out maybe a year ago, so I read that recently, and that's my new recent fave. I recommend it. It's a very unique storytelling, and I really loved it. Great.
0: I'm going to put out there an old classic, Brave New World, which is something that I loved uh, when I read as a teenager, and I reread it recently, and I'm, have always been obsessed with the future of work and I thought it was just really uh thought provoking to read it again it's it, I, yeah
2: I haven't read it again but I remember and I quote things and I'm like oh yeah
1: hmm.
2: <laughs> maybe it wasn't so fictional on some of these things right right. right. <laughs> so favorite city I know C. you're New York right I gotta guess New York
1: uh, there's not even a distant second uh, okay where is it I said there's not even a distant second. And not even a distant second. Okay. I knew that.
0: Okay. I mean, I'd say New York City, but specifically Union Square, because I think that's the center of the universe. Okay.
3: <laughs> All right. That's I unique. unique. I can't not say New York City. I'm I'm sitting in New York City right now as well, and I've lived here for 25 years. So if it's not my favorite city, I should probably look elsewhere. (laughs) There you go.
2: Okay. All right. We got a bunch of New Yorkers here, everybody. Okay. Favorite food. Let me guess. New York pizza.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm nachos. I'm going to go with popcorn, which is possibly the perfect snack. There you go. Butter or, um, no butter? But no,
2: butter or
0: no butter
3: but no butter no butter no butter oh okay no why what bother, bother? <laughs> what's that i said why bother um <laughs> without, without the like butter sticky fingers i'm gonna go with pizza and um as long as i'm talking about manhattan i'll have a manhattan with my pizza oh <laughs> nice Okay, well, at some future date, we could
2: just do like a whole thing on pizza and where, you know, the best place maybe in New York to have pizza or New York versus Chicago pizza, but that's, I guess, for another episode. So thank you so much. I want to just ask if listeners want to get in touch with you, they want to get the book. Katie, what's the best way for them to reach
3: out? Well, we love to start a conversation, so we like to hear from people. Um, you can find us at our website, which is thebandofsisters.com. Also, follow us on LinkedIn, and you can find our book at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, your local bookstore. And we hope that you can pick up a copy and read it. Wonderful. And so, we talked a lot
2: about language. What if people really want to get under it? Obviously, they're going to get the book. Any other uh, suggestions as we move into the new year? Any Anything else available?
0: Yeah, we're actually working on a, a piece that we're calling Lazy Language to Banish in 2023. So hopefully you'll see it soon, but it really tees up some of those vague phrases that really set women back. And uh, if we could just raise the red flag so that these phrases get eliminated, I think that would help us all take a big step forward to gender equity.
2: And, you know, I think that a lot of, for a lot of our listeners, uh, myself included, we may feel gender bias, but we don't, what do we do about it, right? Without maybe doing an upheaval on career, we don't, you know, we don't want to lose our jobs or we don't want to be known as the troublemaker. What do you do if you feel that?
0: We actually have a Very easy tip to give people that we like to call workplace Mad Libs. And it's like a fill in the blank exercise. If you feel a whiff of gender bias, you can use this framework very easily. And I'll I'll, uh, I'll set it up right here. You may not realize this, but when you do blank, it makes me feel blank. So I have a favor to ask. In the future, can I ask that you do new action here? And I'll just break it down real quickly. Because when you say, you may not realize this, you're already saying, don't be defensive. You're you're not doing this on purpose. And then when you say, when you do this action, it makes me feel a certain way. And no one can argue with your feelings. And then finally, when you say, so I have a favor to ask in the future, could you do this differently? The favor, who's going to say no to a favor? Right. It's so easy to start. That's great. How you could do this, you could be like,
1: hey, I'm not sure if you realize this. But when you refer to female colleagues as girls, it makes us feel minimized and diminished. So I have a favor to ask. Would you mind using the term women versus girl? Excellent.
2: Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been so fun. I know I've learned some things, and hopefully our listeners have as well. Be sure to pick up that copy of You Should Smile More from the Band of Sisters.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit us on the web at intracostalmarketingstrategy.com.